poor Bob. Why doesn't it sound better? You know, you just can't help those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't been doing intros and forgot about the intros. The last one didn't even have one. Sign on a window says lonely. Sign on a door says no company allowed. Sign on a street says you don't own me. Sign on a porch says three's a crown. Sign on a porch says the three's a crown. All right, and because three's a crowd, I am here today with my friend Kelly, as always. Hello. We are here today to talk about a song off of the basement tapes called The King of France. Now, this is a song that is basically unlistenable. Kelly, how was your week with The King of France? Well, unlistenable is correct, but not in the terms of like, this is a terrible song. I don't want to listen to it. I would love to listen to this song. However, the audio quality is terrible because it sounds like they recorded it live in the basement that you told me about in that pink house with all the people. And they just, they didn't have their instrument. I don't know. It sounds like the mic is picking up the feedback from all of the electric instruments, but not in like a feedbacky squealy way, just the overdrive kind of way where everything just like, wow, and then washes out Bob and you can't really hear him at all. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's like underneath, I mean, even listening to it um, with just Bob singing, you're like, okay, this is terrible quality, but you can kind of like, you're, you're flowing with it. And then. It's it's sort of it's ironic that like the song gets ruined by the guitar and the piano coming in because Bob just gets like even more flushed away. But those are the elements of the song that I would be the most curious on because it it almost feels weirdly modern, even though they're going for something almost ancient sounding, because that's such a modern thing to do where you have, you know, the the sort of starting with the guitar, just like an acoustic, and then you slowly build into all the elements like they were doing. There's not a whole lot of songs, even in the Bob Dylan repertoire, that don't kind of just begin as they're going to go for the rest of the song. So even that was kind of unique. Um, There's not a whole lot of information out there about this song. It's it's kind of a weird pick. I mean, I I chose it because it's on the bootleg series. I put the whole thing on there. Um, So we were gonna, we were gonna just do it. You want to listen to the song? Let's listen to the song. that didn't completely destroy your earbuds uh we are still here we're talking about the song so i just want to bring up the basement tapes in general uh give you a couple a little bit of context just about the song itself from what i could find out there 
Um, there is a book uh, called Revolution in the Air by Clinton Highland, who we've talked about on this podcast before. Uh, he has a couple notes here that I'll kind of just throw out. He says, most of the Basement Tape songs defy analysis because of the way Dylan contorts imagery, indulging in lateral shifts from nonsense to clarity and back again. King of France defies analysis for a more straightforward reason. The recording is hopelessly distorted. King of France does at least fit in Dylan's 1978 description of the kind of song that he was trying out that summer in 1967. Quote, at that time, psychedelic rock was overtaking the universe. And so we were singing these homespun ballads. They said it was ahead of its time, but actually it was behind its time. So that was Bob's description of these songs. I mean, you said you enjoyed it. Even yeah. even through the haze, you really liked it. I think there's something there that I think calls out to you. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of bands to this day try to capture that sound. They do it in a way that's more recognizable where it's not so distorted. But I think that there's a ton of bands that intentionally make these stripped down versions where the audio is intentionally gritty. This is just an extreme version of that, and it does. I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just a, or maybe it was. Maybe it was like let's try to make a weird, different sounding song. I, oh, I think it's a little bit of that. I think that the recording quality is not the greatest, but even just like a quick history of it, you, when you talk to someone like Robbie Robertson, uh, who's who's famous not only for being obviously in the band and all that, but he is a huge proponent of these basement tapes, and it's very essential to uh, you know to his uh, career as an artist he kind of downplays the quality that they had inside of that house. You know, they made it sound as if they were recording on a cassette player. Like I used to do when I was in a band, you know, hit the cassette player and then you got to play and you got to get it all right. They had some, some not state of the art, if you will, equipment, but it wasn't like they were recording on some cassette player. So I think there's a little bit of like this, I, this rosy colored sort of like, Oh man, they're just recording on just the basics. You know, they're just recording on leaves. They're just playing and the leaves are just picking it up. And then the leaves are just being put into the mud and the mud is what's playing the music because it's so down to the earth. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like absurd. You went a long way for that. Grau Marcus, who has a book called Invisible Republic. Uh, and and they renamed it to something like Old Weird America, but it's a history of the basement tapes, mm-hmm. like looking at pretty much all the songs and, and everything like that. But he has a great quote that I think sums that up completely. He says, beneath the easy rolling surface of the basement tapes, there was some serious business going on. What was taking shape as Dylan and the band fiddled with the tunes was less a style than a spirit, a spirit that had to do with a delight in friendship and invention. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a song there. I mean, there's a good like bluesy... I don't know, almost like gospel-y kind of song there, but you just have to try really hard to get to it. You do, you do. And there are a ton of lyrics. It goes on for a while, yeah. yeah. And actually, it's it's funny. Um, you were trying to do some some detective work. Yes. I was literally playing anything but this song. <laughs> uh, yeah, this song, I would I would pretty much start it in the morning listening to it. And I just could not bring myself to constantly kind of do this like I would with a, you know, an Outlaw Blues. I would constantly just sync that in, you know, just like middle of the day. I just hit cue and I would just start queuing that up on Spotify to just randomly hit me at the end That's of a record or something. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. But with this, I'm like, nope, I have, I have no desire to sit here and try to get through the muffled haze. And I think that speaks on another level just for me where there there is music that you don't comprehend, you don't understand. And even if I can feel a rhythm and, and feel like a, a spirit, if you will, underneath of it, I definitely don't have a connection to the song. And so I was I was looking to build connections with the other music that I was listening to. Yeah. So I kind of let Bob Dylan sort of usher me off to the rest of the stuff that I 
was really connecting with this week uh, that was not involving Bob Dylan at all. That's the sad truth of the song is that maybe you could have, but you can't hear it. So you won't know. And I was all, and I was half tempted just for myself. And, and I know we, we've talked about this, you know, in the supplemental and in triplicate about listening to the full records. I mean, I was tempted to almost listen to the entire basement tapes just around this. Oh, but yeah. I'm, I'm almost trying to hold myself back because there's a lot of the full, complete basement tapes that just aren't, you know, that, that kind of share this quality. And I just I don't I don't know. I just wasn't really in the space for it. That's understandable, especially when the song is really jarring to play at any kind of reasonable volume. Like, to play it loud enough to try to understand what Bob Dylan is saying, it's almost unpleasant. Especially when the bass comes in, when the guitar comes in. Yeah, I came to see you earlier this week, and we, you just kind of, like, put it on because we randomly mentioned it as we were hanging out and talking about other stuff. And halfway through a sentence, we were just like, turn that shit off. <laughs> like, that shit's loud. It's almost as if, like, you finished watching a movie back when you were a kid and it just goes to the static screen and yeah. it's making a loud noise or the auxiliary you know port is fallen out oh my god we need to fix that right now that's what it felt like it was just like turn that noise off yeah i can't concentrate i can't form a sentence it's not a it's not triplicate you know last week when i came to to, to hang out with you for you know a day during the week we just had triplicate going in the background and oh, it was yeah. just lovely it was just nice it was nice to hear his voice it was nice to you know just enjoy it i mean and so it, I don't know. It just didn't have that quality for me. Yeah. Uh, So some of the ways that I've been trying to understand Bob Dylan is the lyrics. And I respect, I respect what you were doing this week. (laughs) And so you told me today that you have the lyrics. Well, they don't exist online. These are the official lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) This is, uh, so if you're listening to this in the future, Kelly has deciphered it. (laughs) It's only taken 45, 50 years. No, it's taken 50 years, 67. It's taken 50 years. For the lyrics. For the lyrics are here. All right, Kelly. The world premiere. World premiere music below. Hot shit. Hot shit. Here it comes. Kelly, what is going on in King of France? Here they are. The official King of France lyrics. This is probably going to take like a good minute to get there. Everybody now punt Dubai. All down through history. But whenever he lay on the Blackfoot Hills... Here he comes about his honeydew boat. There'll be no more place for the king of France now that he knows what it's all about. Well, when the king of France come up all tents, he came to the USA. He was boiled and bleeding. He was nobody else's friend. Whenever he had something to say, now he all but 10 pounds when he's wet. Okay. I mean, that would make sense because like he's a really tiny guy, right? That's what we're saying there. I think some of these are almost right. Okay. And the old world is wed to shows. He's better. <laughs> he better stop on his way from razor lions. And he, <laughs> and he knows what it's all about. Let me tell you a story about the King of France. When he come to the USA, the, there was a hoe named Wiggle waiting for him. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> waiting for him. He said he had something to say. He opened his mouth and he wrote down what a hundred people did shout. Whoops. Loud guitar noise. I can't hear that part. He knew what it was all about. Now his overkiller thought about running too far. Wazzle, while I tell you so. (laughs) I have no idea what that word is. Down through the hill was a mighty mill running from. Whoops. Chunky baseline. (laughs) Lucky star, you're something I wonder what it knows while I get 
a shower. Well, I'll tell you both, got Rose again, and he knows what it's all about. I don't want to hear about a butterball turkey. (laughs) Except for what, you wolves? When I'm here, there's something most of all. Well, I'll tell you who can bacon it all night full. Evil Queen, he just went down, but nobody to kick out. What a time. Whoops, guitar. Every while, it's all about. No more lyrics, thank God. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that we've unearthed this. Yeah. I mean, what does butterball turkeys, what does it actually mean to How the human condition, to the human spirit? Someone bacon all night full. It's crazy. We'll never know. We'll never know. So if you want to get those lyrics, they are on our website. They're also at Genius. We're going to see if they even accept it. They, they won't. won't. Who knows? That would be amazing. You never know. But you know what? Actually, okay. I doubt they will accept them. However, if they did, the best thing that would happen is that somebody would be like, this is terrible. I have to fix this. And then maybe we would know. It's true. Or they'd just be like, it's not butterball turkey. It's Tyson's turkey. And then it's like we're starting down the path of like, Mm, I think they might have said, you know, like Wolverine there. They might have said, you know, like John Deere tractor. And then we just get a bunch. We just get dialogue. That's yeah. all. People are just like, oh, no, no, no. I heard that. But I, there's no denying the chunky bass line or the oops guitar. Those are absolutely essential. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are there. Yeah. So, I mean, you you definitely got. To, I think you got some of it, though, yeah. in all seriousness, because, I mean, the one to know what it's all about. That is absolutely the refrain that kind of keeps going. Right throughout as if you know dylan's the king of france or do you think it's him like, whatever the hell him? well i mean that was highland too yeah i know i kind of pitched this to you before we came on the air but yeah clinton highland I, just in his revolutions in the air the, the the songs of bob dylan part one um you know he he sort of posits that just as an afterthought of like is bob dylan the king of france like is he the one i mean the the song quality almost speaks to it almost in a way uh, unintentionally um which is kind of all we can do because we don't know what the lyrics are. So it almost makes sense where you're almost a Parisian audience or whatever, you know, on that, on that, um, 66 tour through Europe, you're sitting there in the audience and we just watched no direction home. So we've seen the faces of those Brits that were just appalled at Bob Dylan doing this music. And they heard it as just this racket. Well, are we not listening and hearing that too? You know, Bob Dylan is singing to us and we can't make it out and we're trying our best to decipher it but we're also getting mad because we, we need him to turn it down right. we can't understand him so do any of the other songs from the basement tape sound like this some of them do some of them are, are very faint but not all of them have like the electric piano which was noted as being a different sort of thing um not all of them kind of no they sound excellent and so it, there's a lot of confusion as to why this sounds this way well it almost i think lends credence to that theory right that maybe this was intentional maybe this was all kind of you're not supposed to hear it because this is what you think of me so try to listen to my shitty music yeah and i mean famously with the basement tapes it's like you only hear what the afternoon provided i mean you don't get instances of like you know garth and robbie and and danko and everybody sitting around with dylan deciding how these songs are going to sound you just get you know the the end you know million million dollar bash you just get the end of of all of these classic tracks that's a song that's a song million Million dollar Dollar bash yeah um yazoo street scandal i mean you probably heard like tears of rage i don't know i mean most of these things i would know in song possibly but not in you know you ain't going nowhere you would not it's wheels on fire i stand in awe and i shake my face you beg your promise all over the place 
promised you love me, but what do I see? Just you coming and spilling juice over me. Odds and ends, odds and ends. Lost time is not found again. Yeah, and these songs are famous for being like some of the first bootlegged anything out there. I mean, you would go, you know, you would be cool if you had this secret Bob Dylan album that was out there played with the Hawks or played with now the band that's famous. Um, you know, this was it. This was the big time. How were people accessing it? Other than like I could see being at a concert, maybe with a little tape recorder or an A-track recorder. Was that a thing? <laughs> Uh, doing that but how did they just I guess people that worked at the studio or people that knew well it would people? be people yeah I mean I guess it would be people like either later in the in, later in everything people would be taking the sound recordings or they would kind of crop up you know the venue would keep the sound recordings for for a concert if they recorded it obviously technology has become so simple that you can just pop it on a download site and, and go yeah you know bootlegging I, bootlegging probably doesn't so much exist now in in, in the way that it kind of used to where you're sort of like hustling these vinyls across wherever <laughs> you know but you know i remember um you know when i went to college i went to a to dad cds in wise virginia and i and i remember looking through bob dylan stuff just because i was trying to collect every single thing so i was looking for at that point the shittiest records that no one ever has you know the knocked out loaded's the under the red skies that has wiggle wiggle on it and when the guy found out that i loved bob dylan he, he would give me one bootleg at a time, one CD at a time. Then I went home. He didn't know what a computer really was. He was an old, older guy. I was like, I'm just going to fucking steal this. Oh, yeah. So I just put all of that on my hard drive. So I have, you know, like 50 plus bootlegs. Some of them I've just listened to probably once. Maybe some I haven't even listened to at all. But, you know, it's like, it's just that idea of sharing, sharing music, which we still do. Yeah. And we've done it even, I mean, we're old enough to remember, you know, CDs coming out early, leaking. I mean, even... Yeah, I think about Radiohead, and you know it's funny that we bring this up too because you just said something about like two people bring eight tracks. Right. I mean, Radiohead just played here in Portland, and the videos were incredible. And you wouldn't have been able to see that. You would have had to hear second or third hand how great it was to 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 be at the show. And sure, you know, seeing a video is not the same, but it's fascinating that you can get such high quality from just a phone these days and feel like you're there. will sound better than King of France. That's true. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, I um, took a couple of videos while, when we saw the, the Cure in Budapest and yeah. uh, Placebo too. And the, I'm so surprised. My phone's like a cheap phone that I got while we were gone. And the audio's intense. Like, it's so good. Uh, but much better than King of France. So, yeah, the fact that we can record entire concerts now. I mean, no, no, you're not supposed to, obviously. But So I guess that's the thing, right? That's, that's bootlegging. 
Yeah, I think so. And like, I don't know, sort of enjoying the moment too. I mean, I remember, you know, going to like Tim Barry and I just remember, I just like instinctively pulled out my phone and just like got him on video as the entire crowd around was just singing their hearts. Now my shade tree's gone in my dry leaf bed. It's level grade for a parking deck. In my keychain, as empty as my moon. Goddamn, I still can't move. I cover the cost of a flight for you to stay one night. I cover the cost of a flight for you to stay one night. I cover the cost of a flight for you to stay one night. I cover the cost of a flight for you to stay one night. And he was just strumming his guitar, and it's just like I needed to have that as a moment. I don't know if I've watched it more than two or three times, but it just takes you back instantly. It's wonderful, and it's nice to have. And I even remember in the '90s, or I guess early 2000s would be more accurate, where sometimes people would just get together, like, "Here's my CD book. Let's spend an afternoon copying each other's CDs." <laughs> Zero people are exploited. There are no tricks. Up our sleeve. We're gonna find again the rest of being. We're gonna kill the seven record deal. Make records that have more than one good song. Dinosaurs will slowly die. And I do believe no one will cry. I'm just fucking glad I'm gonna be there to watch the fall. Prehistoric music industry. Three feet in the gray and dark. Extinction never felt so good. I have uh, two stories about bootlegging. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Oh, shit. So, I guess it's not. One was The Cure, or you got two no, more? No, no, no. For when I was younger, like in the, the early 2000s, right? So, I bought my first guitar with money that I got from selling CDs to kids in my middle school, they were all too stupid or didn't have a computer or whatever to uh, take songs from Napster and burn them onto a disc. So I'd be like, okay, give me a list of 15 songs. I will make you a CD. Give me five bucks. So I got $70 and I bought this shitty acoustic guitar. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were going to then cover all the songs. Oh God, no, 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 How amazing would that have been? You got 70 bucks and then you just recorded yourself. Covering those songs. How mad would they be? How mad would they be? But yeah, no, so I would make their so- their little playlist into a You CD. only ran this hustle once to get yourself a guitar. Well, I, it, you did, kept it only lasted for so long because people yeah, were like, oh shit, good. I could use Napster. I'm like, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> oh, how did they do it? CD burners? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I caught it too late. It was yeah. a problem. Yeah. I was right on the end. Uh, and then another one, I got a cease and desist letter from someone sometime. Uh, George Sarah, who was in a, in a small indie band called THC that had an album called The Daggio that only had 500 copies of it. And I got it from eBay. I Well, I didn't get it from eBay. Uh, somebody sniped me at the last second. It was so... 500 copies of this album, right? You can get it on Amazon for 200 fucking dollars because Damn. there's only a few copies. I was like, well, I got $200. But I do maybe have 40 bucks. I can, you know, try to get this eBay one. 
And this guy sent me the last second. So I emailed him in desperation. I was like, look, man, I really, really, really want this album. Can you, like, burn a copy of it and send it to me? I'll give you $20. He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So he sent it to me in the mail. And it was really cute because he, like, made a little label for it and gave me a copy of the, the CD book and everything like oh, wow. that he copied from a scanner. It was really cute. So I decided oh. to make copies of that and give it to sell the copies on eBay. Again, this is early days eBay where you could, oh. like, sell your kidneys and shit. Yeah. And uh, I got an email a couple weeks later, like, so we're representing George Sarah, and you have to stop doing this immediately or we're going to fucking put you in litigation. So I was like, okay, I'm only 14. I don't want you to go to prison for fucking selling burn CDs. That's crazy. I guess I was part of that. Yeah, you definitely were. Yeah, that was part of the that was, sharing music. You're a part of it. You're part of a long tradition that goes all the way back to Bob Dylan and, and before in, in tons of ways. And you know, to the lawyers of then who represented George Sarah, I have a feeling it was just him. I say I did the right thing and everyone should have been able to listen to that album. And now if you go on Spotify, that album is it's there. there. But just that one, because I also had Seek and Destroy, which was the one before that that nobody knew, listened to. You did. <laughs> and, if you, and unfortunately, if, if you're listening to this whenever and you were like oh i want to do this we're gonna you know again there's not a whole lot to play but in the future whenever we do have these this is not available on spotify they just have the um the abridged version of the bootleg series so we'll do our best to try to get it out there if there are spots i mean if you go to youtube or you know download it or something there's tons of places to get the, the bootleg i couldn't series. find it on youtube either this track this one yeah. track is like not existent you know it's it's funny like the the bootleg series volume 11 the basement tapes right like if you got to King of France halfway through disc six, you're you're not really gonna blink twice. I think you would. I think you would notice that this is unlistenable, right. but it wouldn't be something like, "Oh God, what is this out of nowhere?" You know, it's just kind of like, "Okay, here's another one." Here's a here's another <laughs> one. Like I can kind of hear the bones of it. It's more of the experience. I think that's really the the beauty of the basement tapes. You're gonna get carried away when you listen to a great song, and that's gonna really sort of color yourself as you go on forward with the rest of the uh, rest of the album um so you're not really going to notice that some of these just aren't that great I did not listen to this more than maybe three or four times. Um, so I let myself be influenced by all the rest of the great fucking music that came out this week. So Kelly, before I unveil my choices, what else were you? F- did you find yourself being gravitated toward on a week where we had a song that kind of just didn't exist? I, I don't know if there's any kind of connection per se. I, I just find myself sitting at work and be like, I want to listen to music. What do I want to listen to? And then just being overwhelmed. Spotify makes me overwhelmed a lot. 
Uh, but somehow, yeah, I came upon Amanda Palmer again. I don't know what brought me to her. So I listened to um, her first album, Who Killed Amanda Palmer, which is the one that I like the most. And yeah. It was really great. My friend has problems with winter and autumn. They give him prescriptions. They shine bright lights on him. They say it's genetic. They say he can't help it. They say you can catch it. But sometimes you're born with it. My friend does fight. He gets shakes in the night. And they say that there's no way that they could have caught it. In time takes its toll on him. It is traditional. It is inherited predisposition. All day I've been wondering what is inside of me. Who can I blame for it? I say it runs in the valley. The salmon it carries me to such great lakes. To open my legs up. Yeah, her book was really good. I think after I, I um, read her book, I had like a new, like a kind of renewed fondness for her. I think she's a pretty cool lady. Uh, so who killed Amanda Palmer? That would be my pick. But also, my <laughs> people who like Bob Dylan might like Amanda oh, Palmer. Yeah. But I promise you, nobody that would like Bob Dylan would probably <laughs> like my other, like my favorite ambient DJ. If that's like. A thing that anybody even knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Bonobo, I've seen him twice live. He's amazing. He plays for like four hours of time. His sets are always fantastic. So if you like ambient electronic music, all you Bob Dylan fans out there. You don't uh, know what we're like. That's true. I'm a Bob uh, Dylan fan. His newest album, Migration, came out in January. And it's another like perfect record. I don't know. Um, a lot of ambient... I don't know if you know this. A lot of uh, ambient uh, electronic music is really repetitive. And there's a lot of like noises that just kind of grate after a while. And there's not any really musicality to it. But Bonobo's got this really great... Like, he understands music a lot. He understands what sounds good and, and when things should shift. And I don't know. That's that's my pick. If you're into electronic music at all, and you, or you just want to listen to something but not listen to it, and it's like so you can study or you can do whatever you're doing, or you want to try something new, or you like something, something new, new. chance. Those are my picks. Oh, I think I'm gonna try. That sounds compelling. No ABC shows, no like NBC comedies from back in the day. Tiny House Nation. <laughs> uh, and Fixer Upper. HGTV. HGTV. Oh, no, they're not. They're not. They're not on either. You can't get them on Netflix or Hulu. Sorry. Damn. So you got to boo like it. <laughs> we happen to be staying in a fucking swank-ass Airbnb right now that pays for cable. Thank nice. you, On Demand. Boom. There you go. All right. So uh, stay in a swank-ass Airbnb. Yes. And uh, get On Demand. Yes. Where you can get tiny house nation and fixer upper and fixer upper okay well i'm gonna recommend three albums for you everyone is so proud of their own self-reliance right up until the check comes and you have to pay for dinner everyone is so perfect and so open-minded until you have a conversation where you want up the winner and the unlucky overachiever cannot help but throw rocks in my purse entertain myself with people More scared of you than you are of me by the Smith Street Band. I'm not even gonna. That side is gone. That's <laughs> not even gonna exist. the The record is incredible. It's vulnerable. It's beautiful. It's smart. Lyrically, if you if you love the lyrics, I would totally recommend Smith Street Band. Will Wagner is one of the best lyricists out there, bar none. One of the funniest, wittiest minds that 
is making music right now. So this mystery band, another band that I've carried around in my heart for a long time. It has been very formidable in every moment of my life is a band called the Flatliners. They just have a, had a record come out last week called Invite the Night. very different from the rest of the stuff they were doing it took me a couple listens to get into but i'm absolutely head over heels in love with it although unconditional love cannot get on board but it's right there in the middle of the record so it's almost a great bridge from both sides it's beautiful so if you're listening to that record do that and then number three i think we're both going to agree on this a little bit although i don't know if you've heard it yet but Corey brandon just released a new record called adios you have his autograph i do on a tim barry poster i do All shop class and abstinence and field trips to the prison. Nothing ever happens but life and death decisions and walls, Mississippi. They put a camera in the steeple that was someone always sees us. Talk to fence broke with stained glass, y'all can always visit Jesus in walls, Mississippi. Sky is up, grass is brown. Ain't that far of the casino. Every other little town, at least as far as we know, it's Walls, Mississippi. It is all over the place. It is not only like deeply funky, but also has like these crazy ass organ parts that happen out of nowhere. And then these beautiful songs about his dad, like losing his wedding ring in the grass. Whole song about that. So Corey Brennan, Flatliners, Mystery Band, listen to Bonobo. And Amanda Palmer. And, and Amanda Palmer. That's the end of... Episode 8, King of France, where we talked about the King of France the entire time. Let it be known. Every second. Let it be known. If this is your first time coming here, we uh, we do sort of extensive show notes. Uh, we kind of have like a, a little essay, if you will, on our website. So if you go there, you can kind of fall down a couple of different rabbit holes that we've sort of laid out with the bands that we're uh, exploring when we talk about our recommendations, but also when we talk about the authors and sort of the things that are going on. Like we, we referenced Radiohead, we referenced Ground Marcus, uh, Clinton Halen, uh, all this uh, tallest man on earth, all this kind of stuff during our show. If you're ever interested in anything more like that, you're not going to get a lot from our descriptions right on the page. You're probably listening uh, to us on. So please go to our website, sotwpod.com. There you're going to get a whole slew of links and bibliography. Uh, we take this very seriously, even if we're kind of just being kind of goofy and funny about everything. So if you are interested in Bob Dylan, we love Bob Dylan. We we want you to love Bob Dylan too, and we want to give you as many resources as possible. All right, so now that that is out of the way, this is the part of the episode that we all love so much. I do. I mean, I, I get butterflies in my stomach. I thinking consistently about forget this. we do this. <laughs> so. so that's good. So we're both, <laughs> we're both on the same page. Um, so this is normally the part that we would choose the song. What do you mean normally? Are you doing something weird again? Oh, my no, God. We're pretending, you and I, that we didn't just pick a song. Oh, my God. We didn't record the picking of the song. We, we chose, just so everyone can know out there, we chose Three Angels off of Bob Dylan's 1970 album, New Morning. Is that with a U? No. Oh. 
That, that would be dark. I know, but kind of more fun. No. It's new morning. Here's a picture of it. Take a look. That's Bob. Oh, I was really actually expecting like either a picture of a sunny day or a picture of like bacon. <clears throat> and eggs. <gasps> Start okay. your day the Gurgage way with eggs, bacon, and... Toast. Yay! So we're going to redo it. So one out of 658. Last time you picked 322 as your guess. 323. And I was so close. And I want to change it now. And it was 346. I know. And I'll I know. never You're, get close yeah. again. I you never understand the toll this is taking on I know. me. And I don't think you care. I love this roller coaster that we're on. <laughs> and again, I want to apologize to the viewer out there that loves Three Angels, which is like the three of you out there in the world. It's been waiting for us to pick this song. Yeah, but see, it's tainted for me. I know. Because we didn't get to record it. Our futures could have been different. It's like throwing up the, uh, the, the dice, dice in community. Oh, in community. I know. That's where we're at. You put us in the darkest timeline. No, we could be. That could have been the darkest timeline. Ooh. If we just kept going and if we just acted as if Three Angels was what I clicked. Enough with the timeline crap, Abed. Pierce got shot in the leg and died. Shirley's a drunk. Andy's locked in a mental ward because her guilt drove her insane. Jeff lost an arm in the fire. Troy lost his larynx because for some dumb reason he tried to destroy a flaming troll doll by eating it. Clearly you don't understand anything about defeating trolls. Life has gone to hell, Abed. This is real. Look at us. Look at me. Britta, you put one wash away blue streak in your hair and I lost an arm. Exactly. Life got dark. Rest assured, anyone listening, that we will never fake pick a song. I will die on this hill. <laughs> All right, so we are back to one out of 658. And before I click this button, I'm going to make sure I'm recording. We're recording. Thank God. Thank God. What's your number? I feel like nothing matters anymore. Uh, 521. 127. Oh, God. See, it feels more natural that you're so. I was so far close. Off. I know, and that's what I mean. That's the darkest timeline. <laughs> so or, the day that you I pick it right, that I get it right, it's over. It's over. You oh, know, that's well, not going to happen for like fucking eight years when we had three songs left. You're never going to believe this, and is this it, is not a joke. Is it wiggle wiggle? No. Is it wiggle wiggle? Oh. It's blind Willie McTell. No shit. It's blind fucking Willie McTell. No shit. Wait, is that oh my the darkest God. timeline now? I'm scared. What does it? All right. Join us next week where we debate. Is this the darkest timeline? Have we avoided it? Or did three angels just take us in back into the darkest timeline? I'm so scared. Really? That's really what it was? That's really what it is. 127 is blind Willie McTell. That's fucking bizarre, dude. That is fucking crazy. Wow. Okay. Join us next week. Join us next week. If we're still if we're here. St- Ooh, spooky. <laughs> Where we're going to do Blind Willie McTell. I, I, you know, I was stoked to do it. Um, I, ha- I was a little apprehensive when it first got, came up. Um, just because we weren't meaning to pick the songs. Um, and I remember thinking on it. And I was like, I'm kind of glad we're not doing it because it's so early. But next week, I think it's going to be a great conversation that we can have about this. So next week, join us. Blind Willie McTell. Um, this, is a, this is a song that was um, a outtake from the infidel sessions it's on the bootleg series volume one through three that is on spotify so please listen if you've never heard it before do yourself a favor this is a classic 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 bob dylan song um, that we are going to be doing our best to cover next week at sign on the window good night i've run through that night over and over in my head and i keep coming back to one thought i should have caught the die and not let you roll it i failed to do that and we all suffered for it but i'm gonna make it up to you i was up all night 
and I think we're in the darkest timeline right now. Why? Because we never deleted King of France from the spreadsheet. Oh my god. So, we need to go from one out of 657. Oh my god, Daniel. And not 658. This keeps happening. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh my god. What? I can't fucking go... We're, we're at work, and it's early, and I'm tired. So pick a number, 1 through 657. What do you think it's going to be? I don't know. Nothing All right. matters. Nothing matters. 38. And then I've got you tabbed. What is number 38? Scroll, scroll, scroll. Huxtune? Huxtune. Is that like like a Tom Sawyer thing? Yes. It's off of uh, Bootleg Series, why Volume 8. You, why won't you let us do Blind Willie McTell? I think that the devil, we're doing Huck's tune, <laughs> final time. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I hate you! Shut up with your sci-fi crap! I lost my damn arm and you're making fake beards! Go tease. Alright, so that was just a test. Because in reality, I never deleted King of France from our spreadsheet, even after all of that work. I was just so hyped up. Do it again. <laughs> Kelly has deleted it from the spreadsheet. So we are going to do the mail, apparently. But we are also going to pick from one out of 657. Again, what do you think it's going to be? I, d please make this the last time we do this. 144, if it was... If it was Finally <laughs> Mctel again, we would just do it. And I would be out of it this time. I don't know why you were so dead set against doing Finally Mctel, but whatever. I'm not dead set. Somebody's pushing us to do it, and I feel like... It's only... It can it's, be the devil, apparently. It's only the devil. Okay, 144. No time to think. No time to think. Off of 1978 Street Legal. We have no time to think. Goodbye. Evil Troy and evil Abed.